0: Today, we'll be speaking with an extremely well regarded sales manager. She was introduced to us as someone who goes out of her way to coach and help people find their opportunities. And today, we're going to learn a little bit more about some of the turns and twists that she's had in her journey, how she's overcome rejection and found her rhythm as a director of sales. This is going to be a fun journey. Join us shortly.
1: Welcome to Seller's Journey, the podcast where we speak to great sales reps and leaders and share their real stories from
0: start to sales success. Hi everyone, I'm Joseph Fung, and today we're speaking with Alana Schulman, Director of Sales at THP. How are you doing, Alana?
1: I'm doing well. How about you?
0: Doing really well. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Yes, yeah, you're welcome.
0: So you were introduced to us because of the opportunities that you've been able to open for your employees, your team members, the people that you coach and mentor. Uh, and I, I love speaking to people who aren't just successes in their own right, but give people their opportunities to succeed. So I'd like to start off just by thanking you for you know, being a really good example for how to coach and mentor, because that's awesome.
1: Oh, yeah, thank you.
0: <laughs> so to start off and help people get to know you, can you share a little bit? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school?
1: Yeah. So I was actually born in Montreal and Mm -hmm. I was raised in Ottawa. So most of my my life has been in Ottawa. Um, When I graduated from high school, I actually went to college first in Peterborough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Coming back, I decided to continue and I went to Carleton in Ottawa. Uh, Yeah. So that's uh, more or less where I grew up and went to school.
0: Now, as we spoke about your journey, one of the things that you know jumped out was that you decided not to continue the time at Carlton and you jumped into work right away. Can you help us understand you know what sparked that decision and where did you end up?
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, after college, I came back and I I wanted, you know, to Ottawa and I wanted to get some Mm. work as covering bills and stuff was was definitely my priority and my responsibility. Mm. So when I was um, finished in university, I came back to Ottawa. I decided to go to Carleton, but I was also working part time at a gym. And I was enjoying it. I could I could talk more about how that gym definitely became my first intro into, into my sales career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I had the opportunity to continue full-time uh, with this gym and that sales opportunity. So I decided, uh, you know, I'm like thought in the back of my head, I was going to go back. And then just things kind of led to one another, leading me a career at this gym for about 17 years.
0: Now at the gym... You're working part-time as an instructor. Is that right?
1: I was actually, I first started as a part-time sales rep. Okay. And then I became very interested in in different ways of fitness. So I started to get courses and certified to teach classes, become a personal trainer. Uh, And then slowly I became... um, into sales at a full time level. So I was like teaching early mornings, working at the club, doing sales, and then also taking on personal training. So it was very busy for me while I was there.
0: You got the full mix there, Uh, Mm a little bit of everything. Yeah. So thinking about that very much kind of a consumer facing sales experience. Uh, Now that you've got more of a journey under your belt, as you reflect back on that early sales work, you know, what was it like? How would you describe it What stood out to you most in hindsight?
1: Um, well, when I look back, you know, working face-to-face is very different than being on the phone. Uh, you know, it's a, I would call it a lot more of, of an emotional sale, especially when you're working at a fitness industry. Oh. You have to realize that, like, people don't just come into the gym because they're just ready to get started. You know, they probably walk by six or seven times, and this is a huge emotional change for them. So I think it was just about understanding that uh, which has obviously really helped me in my sales career moving forward. But just having that empathy, understanding, trying to do your best to relate to them uh, and just make them feel comfortable and that you're on their side. And then really just moving the sale forward in a natural way. And the best thing is, is that if you make them feel like that, they want their friends there. So getting referrals is is quite easy when you are successful. Um, yeah, but for me, it's like really about that short time that you have with somebody, stranger really, to get to know them, ask them uncomfortable questions, build a relationship and trust for them to say, yeah, this is a huge life change I want to make.
0: Now you speak about it so highly and and you mentioned how much you liked working there. You can hear the enthusiasm Mm -hmm. in your voice. What triggered the decision to move to Outrank? I mean, that's more of a business offering. So why the shift?
1: Well, to be honest, all the things I just said to you, they're something that I find very important, like the relationship, the trust Mm -hmm. building, those I'm so passionate about because those continued with me in my sales career, right? Those things never left. For me to be successful, Mm. I felt like I really wanted to hone in on on those qualities to be successful. Uh, You know, my, my 17 years at Good Life called for crazy hours. Like I was working from six in the morning, teaching classes, working all day. It was actually when I was pregnant uh, you know, ten years ago now, that mm. I do I want to go back? Like, do I actually want to go back to that, or do I see myself moving into an industry where I could be more successful but have a bit better of a schedule where I could manage family and work? Um, and that's where a friend of mine recommended. You know, you should check out tech sales. Like, it's a thing. It's booming, and I. That was so new to me, so I obviously decided to see what would happen, and I, I put my resume out there, and that's when I made the huge shift.
0: So, just checking your your off good life uh, for kind of parental leave, did you go back or did you go straight into tech sales from there?
1: Um, I went straight into tech sales, and once I found mm. a balance in my schedule, I decided to go back just to teach classes before because that that was a passion of mine. Mm. Exercise is still a passion of mine. So for me to be able to teach a couple of classes a week and then still have my full-time role, that that was a good balance.
0: We One of the things that we hear come up so frequently is how do people still balance their passions with their work? And I love the example you just gave because I think it speaks to it so highly. Uh, what was that like? We speak to a lot of people who are experiencing a life change, maybe they've changed countries, their family situation has changed, that they're making a decision to get into tech sales, you've been through it. Uh what stuck out from you for you from that situation and you know what were some of your takeaways uh from that time?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was not easy. Like to be honest with you, I feel like I was a timid person I, you know, was so in tune with the gym lifestyle. Like I was there for a very long time now to like change my, my beat and, and start to talk to people who are roofers or psychologists. Like these are the, the verticals I was calling photography. Uh, it, it was very different and, um, you know, it really came down to amazing leadership. So, you know, I had, I had tough bosses, but they definitely knew how to get me out of my comfort zone. Um, and I, I think, you know, having amazing coaching and being able to, to you know, think about this new vertical that I was in and have that direction, I had a lot of failing moments. But, you know, what I learned there is um, by failing is the only way you're going to get better. Uh, you know, even picking up the phone was one of the scariest things I ever thought I had to do, you know, from going face to face to now being over the phone you start building some skills that at one point you think I'm never going to be able to do this. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple months go by and you're like, oh, that's like the easiest thing I can do. And then you start to realize um, as a successful salesperson, you have to figure out what works for you. Like you can have amazing managers that are going to guide you, but something is going to click. And for me, that click was organization. I needed to be in my CRM, I needed to know what my day looked like. Um, yeah. So for me, it was that. But another thing, was you know being a mom I had to to leave right on time I had a schedule I had to go pick up but I also wanted to to prove myself and show that I can do this role so there were times where um you know at the end of the day the end of the evening when my son was in bed I would say you know I'm going to go back to work for a couple hours cuz I know I can have luck calling in the west coast wow so sometimes it was really funny cuz the next day they'd be like oh congratulations Alana for closing you know two deals yesterday and people would look at me like you didn't close anything yesterday. You left. You had to open up. Your mind. I was like, no, no, no. I came back after. Um, so
0: I, I need I need to ask. You spoke about the coaching and the mentorship, and your time at Outrank was punctuated by these very quick advancements. And you're now regarded as an excellent leader and a manager. So what what stuck out to you? You know, what was a key takeaway that you've tried to emulate in your own coaching and mentorship?
1: Yeah, well, one of the biggest things that has ever happened to me was while I was at Outrank, I applied for a promotion, and mm. I didn't. I didn't get it. I didn't get it mm. at first, and I thought to myself, "Well, why? Like, why didn't I get it?" And I was very lucky to have uh, a VP of Sales that was honest with me, and he told me this is why you didn't get it, and he would list it out about three or four things. And I remember when the next promotion was available about maybe six months later, I walked into that interview and I was like, here's a list of all the things that you told me that I needed to improve upon. And here's what I did. And here's why I think I deserve that role. And he was very taken back and very impressed that, you know, I worked on that feedback when I find today, even people that I manage in many different scenarios, they don't take feedback well or they take mm. it more personal. So I feel like, you know, if somebody from experience is going to give you feedback on how to improve, you got to You got to just absorb that. You got to work with it. You know, if you don't understand, you have to ask questions.
0: So I love the, the idea of taking that feedback, you know, as a, as a to-do list as a set of action items. Um, I would like to think a little bit about kind of going forward, you know, some of the, the feedback or the lessons that you've learned as you've, you've advanced, uh, Skipping over you know a few roles because you've worked at some incredible tech companies, uh, you shared a little bit about a situation earlier where you you had some feedback that your role was stuck between two different positions. Um, can you share a little bit about kind of that challenge and how you, what you took away from that scenario?
1: Yeah, and you know exactly like miscommunication it's not fun, <laughs> and to be able to you know be very clear on expectations is so crucial to any, any party involved. Um, so I guess with the role it was, um, you know, I thought of it as being one way to kind of come in and, and really work on building up that process and being able to coach that process and rewrite it if necessary and, you know, create that hiring profile and, you know, really just building the, the, the the steamwork like like the 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 foundation, and mm-hmm. then once we had that foundation, it was like okay, now I really got to focus on the revenue, and I, I mean everything kind of comes in uh, together. But it was it was really difficult um, when finding out that the impression I had of the role was going to be a bit different that it was like, you're uh, a, you gotta be a player coach and you gotta be on the phones. And, and that's great, but I'm a little bit different where i like to be on the outside looking in to then see where do I need to make changes? And if the team is growing to a point of like 10, 13 people, it's a big ask, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I, I believe yeah, there are certain points where, you know, you could have a team lead to, to help assist with these types of things, but the communication and expectation of someone's role, uh, it should be clear or, you know, and reviewed within some time as well.
0: Now, I think the really interesting thing, and when we were speaking about your journey earlier, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me is that that situation is such a a real and and. You know, frequent situation that happens at all levels, and I mean, you've encountered it at at a director level. And you know, when when we think about how true that is, I'd love to hear what are some of the things that you did to uh, kind of you know recover, find your rhythm coming coming out of that kind of a setback.
1: Yeah, and you know, I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. And mm-hmm. be transparent, being let go it it could be it could go two ways. You can think to yourself my gosh, right? This is, this is terrible. Like, what am I going to do? Or you could just pick yourself up and be like, well, I gotta, I gotta really figure out what I'm good at. And I gotta figure out my non-negotiables in terms of what I'm looking for in my next role and have a a takeaway of what, what didn't go well, like what led to this. So I really did a lot of searching and, you know, it was tough. Like I felt down, I got rejected. Oh, Probably 50 times. And I really had to sit down and, and you know, re- I didn't want to get desperate. I wanted to make sure that my next choice was going to be something that I was passionate about and that I, it, it was going to be. An ongoing role, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. having a a role here and a role here for like um, you know a year, it doesn't it doesn't look good. Even if you're you know amazing, you are what you are on paper. So it was really important to me that not only was I going to find a role where I'm able to you know work as that director of sale and bring revenue to the bottom line, but also have the ability to coach and train and build amazing relationships with my team. That was very important to me. Um, And it kind of can create um, negativity when you're explaining yourself like that because they don't see you always as a director. They're going to see you as someone who's passionate about sales, but you belong in an enablement role, um, Mm. not a director role. But this was just something that i found was unique about me as a director like you know and i knew i loved the training aspect and the coaching aspect way early in my career um you know building those relationships and watching your reps not only grow as a salesperson but grow into their new and next role and that was my priority if it was either in the company we worked at or if it was helping them externally if we didn't have that space um yeah
0: i like how you spoke about when you moved into your first tech role at Outrank about how you could still carry forward those things you liked that client engagement those interactions and even now when you're speaking about your latest director role you're again speaking about carrying over those things that are important to you uh, i love the phrase you use my non-negotiables uh, it sounds like keeping those core to yourself isn't just you know possible but required for success. Am I reading too much into that or or is that a fair comment?
1: You're right. And you know, you could, you can sit there and you can write out your vision board of what you're looking for with your next role. And those are like, if I was to make a sales um, word cloud of Mm who I was, those words would stand out in terms of, you know, coaching and caring and empathy, uh, relationship building, trust, promotion, uh yeah definitely you're on the right path,
0: okay. this is great. So we've kind of followed your journey. you've got this setback, you' found this new exciting role tell us Who is THP? What's the value prop? What's the elevator pitch?
1: Yeah. Okay. So THP, we're the leading provider of content, social media services. So we really work with brand managers and marketers. Mm -hmm. Um, We are 100% an on-demand model. So we, you know, by creating high quality content, social media strategies, it's really easy and it's affordable, which is great. Um, So I don't don't know, but if you need other videos, photos, copyright, social media strategies, strategy, community, community management, um, that's where you would come to for us. So
0: awesome. That's, our that's great. Yeah. It, con- again, as well, I should say congrats on, on finding the rule that speaks to, to your non-negotiables, uh, into that direction. That's awesome. Uh, and I can hear the enthusiasm and excitement in your voice. So, so I'm really excited for you as well.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: thinking a little bit about, you know, your journey, we've talked a lot about where you've, where you've come from. like to think about where you're, where you're headed, Uh, whether you want to think about it as what's on your bucket list or what do you still aspire to do? Uh, If we're talking to, you know, Alana Schulman in in 10, 20 years, uh, what will you be proud of having accomplished then?
1: Yeah. You know, I put a lot of thought into this and I do on a regular basis and you know, it's not about moving into that next role into the next role. I think, you know, it's even how you introduce me is saying, like you know, there's people who you know thank you for for their career. I think that's it, you know, like if in ten years and twenty years I still have people saying, hey, you know, oh, I know Alana, she definitely helped me in my career. She helped train me. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have some of her feedback or her coaching. Uh, that would just be amazing to me in those ten years. I guess it's it's just being able to help other people, like. You know, this sales, it could be a scary, scary job entry, but it it really doesn't have to be.
0: I don't think so at all because you're, uh, sorry, I agree. It doesn't have to be scary. And I think your story illustrates that perfectly. Um, I've enjoyed this so much. Uh, I've got a couple of rapid fire questions for you before we let you go. You game for it?
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: Awesome. Okay. You've worked at some of the best, best tech companies here. I'm super intrigued in your answer to this first one. What has been your favorite sales tool?
1: Okay, and I, I have to admit I have two. Okay, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Total cheat answer, but let's go for I know,
1: it. I know. Well, it depends on where you are, and that's the thing. Like, I'm still really early on in a very small sales team right now. So, for mm-hmm. me working from home, um, I, I love that we are um, going to be with Ring DNA. Uh, so, for me to be able to coach the calls live from home is is amazing, and being able to give live feedback and create a library uh, is super essential for a new sales team. Um, number two, uh, you know, once you're hiring people and you have new reps, onboarding is crucial. So I've always been a huge advocate for lessonly, um, being able to create those onboarding tools where everything is consistent. You're working with, um, you know, being able to measure the onboarding success of your team.
0: That's fantastic. So those are great anecdotes for work outside of the workplace, well, personally, what about movies, film, what's your favorite movie?
1: Oh, um, I've always said that I'm a huge fan of the movie casino. Uh, you know, I, nice. I like it. I love it. I've seen it probably too many times for how long it is. That's many hours of my life, but I'm still <laughs> a, a dirty dancing fan. I just, I can't get away from it. I love it. The music, everything about
0: it. Oh, That is so good. Yeah, you can't go wrong with dirty dancing. That's a great choice. Um, Last one. uh, When you were a kid, what did you want to grow up to be?
1: I mean, I'd love to say something amazing, like a doctor, but literally I was obsessed with camping, canoeing. And I thought for sure I was going to grow up to be someone who just like taught people how to canoe. (laughs) I I was young. I was like, I'm going to be one of those wilderness people and teaching people how to be out here. I guess it follows the theme of fitness, but yeah. That's so
0: good. I love it. Raina, uh, thank you so much for sharing your story, uh, your, your thoughts. This was such a great conversation. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you. It was a lot of fun.
0: I've had a blast. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. And I hope that uh, you have all the success in your your new role in coaching the remote team. This is great. Thank you. Awesome. We'll see you soon.